listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Angel. I am joined this evening by my good friend, hunting buddy, and co-host, Mr. Nick View. And tonight, we're going to start mixing things up just a bit on the podcast. Now, for the first few episodes, we've been focused mostly on both Nick's and my own first passion for the outdoors. That's bow hunting with traditional or primitive gear. But tonight, our guest and our topic is going to shift a little bit, and we're going to spend some time talking about custom cutlery for time spent in the outdoors. Now, in my opinion, anyone spending time in the outdoors just needs a good knife. A knife that's dependable, built for the task at hand, and preferably a knife that looks good while doing what it does. Now, I own several custom knives, and honestly, for my purposes, I've relied on just two custom knife makers over the past 10 years or so. And tonight, we have one of those knife makers joining us. I would like to welcome Lucas Bullington to the show. Lucas is the owner of Lucas Forge and makes knives of all sizes and to fit most any need you can think of for outdoor activities. Hey there, Lucas. How are you, buddy? Going well. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing doing pretty good. It's uh it's nice and nice and warm and sunny again here in uh in Georgia. We've we've had some wet weather last week and it got a little cool, but the, the, the rain and the wet we had was a, a blessing because I, I pretty much spent a, a full Sunday planting some uh, food plots, and it was I wrapped it up just right on the heels of all the rain, so I, I sure can't complain. Is it, uh, is it warming up in the great state of Alabama? It is. It's warm enough. It's nice. It's, it was beautiful today. I mean, sunny. I'm not sure what the high was, but it, it felt like probably about 70 or so, so it was very, very nice. Good to hear. Good to hear. You guys suck. <laughs> what, what? What's the matter, Nick? What, it's the, well, we just get kind of we just get hail had? every day and and <laughs> snow and don't see the sun like it's Alaska and apparently have an elongated winter. We're supposed to go on our first camping trip in like two weeks, and there's like some places in Michigan, there's like a foot of snow on the ground right now. Wow, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. But. Some places in Michigan's got a lot more than that. I saw uh, uh, John McIntosh <laughs> sitting sitting at his mailbox waiting on the uh, the MLA stick talk. I saw a, a picture on Facebook, and it looked like he had a lot more than a, than a, than a few inches. Yeah, he lives in Asperia. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost the North Pole. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, no, it, it'll warm up quick. But it's been a really long, and I mean, I'm supposed to turkey hunt Monday. Um, it's, and it's crazy. It's, it's been, we honestly have had so much wind and so much hail and bad weather that doing outside, doing anything outside has been pretty much just pointless. So it'll, it'll get better soon, but we're not a weather podcast. So I guess we just, uh, yeah, I could just stop my, my complaining and we can let, we can let Lucas talk about his passions and his knives. (laughs) When it, when it, when it comes to weather, I don't, I don't know, uh, uh, a lot of people in Michigan like to complain all the time. I know when we go up there to the shoots in the midsummer, you know, we leave 110 behind and it's, you know, in the seventies up there and everybody's complaining about how hot it is. So, uh, anyway, uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess you guys just, uh, you get all the luck up there. Yeah. We were, we were born to smile. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. It rhymes with itch. <laughs> uh, yeah i got it anyway, i got okay. it I, I knew where you were going <laughs> but anyway okay 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get to let's get to talking about some uh, some knives. One of one of my favorite subjects. So, um, uh, Lucas, I guess you know. Let's just jump in. Give us a give us and the listeners a little background on yourself, and and you know, go back to the beginning. How did how did you get started making making knives? Well, okay. So I started making knives. Um, more or less, well, for a serious hobby, and then began professionally. Uh, when I was about 16 or 17, I made my first uh, forged knife and uh, started really seriously as a hobby. And then when I was uh, 18, uh, it sort of the last part of my 18th year, I uh, got started into it. What I call professionally, I actually started uh, making them and selling them. Um, but it kind of started a lot earlier than that I made my first metal knife out of a one of these Simpson strong ties like a truss tie when I was about 10 uh, 9 or 10 and um, before that I, I just always really enjoyed um, drawing knives and designing them on paper and and some of my friends and my, my younger brother we would make wooden knives and uh, kind of grind them on the concrete and make different blade shapes and stuff and we tried coating them with epoxy to get better edge holding which works to some degree but uh cherry doesn't really make all that good of a knife but uh but it was fun you know and it really the early times with knives uh set a foundation for me um i didn't get my first knife until I was nine. My daddy said he wanted to wait, make sure I was showing responsibility. And, and so when I was nine, we went to UG White's Hardware in downtown Athens and picked out a little case knife. I've actually got it here with me and a little, little two blade, I think it's called a peanut. And I took it home and promptly lost it. And uh, that was exciting. I, I, I had it like a couple of days, I think. So um, ended up finding it a few years later after I'd got some other other ones, you know. But uh, but he he really stressed with me um, trying to be safe with the the pocket knives with any knife and and you but use it and enjoy it and uh, just to get off on a little bit of a rabbit trail here. But that's one thing that I see sometimes that. Uh, live events that I attend where uh, parents are very, uh, they they really don't want little kids, young, young men especially, to, to own knives, have knives, even touch them. And um, in many cases, they, they probably aren't responsible enough to, but that's, that's because they haven't had any chance to be, I think. And I, I really feel like... Um, that responsibility of being given something that is uh, could be dangerous but is very useful is is just very special to a young man at least it was to me growing up and we had a lot of fun just whittling and doing what we call bushcraft stuff now really just um, little outdoor projects and that that set the stage for what I would decide to do for a, a profession later on. So that's kind of how sure. Lucas Ford started, strangely enough. It's, it's been really neat. 
I'm glad you went down that rabbit trail, uh, Lucas, because I remember, so I'm the oldest of uh, three, and um, I got a knife, I got a little old timer folder when I was like 10 or 11. And then because I had one, my, my, the middle brother who was four years younger than me, he had to have one and he got one way earlier than I did. Yeah. And he had this big, huge, like folding Swiss army knife with everything in it. And, um, then my other, my little brother was two years younger than him, got one like shortly after him. <laughs> so I waited, I waited forever and I thought I was like king of the woods when I got mine, you know, and you know, was really careful with it, and I babied it, and they kept on saying, "Oh, you're gonna don't go cut yourself, don't cut yourself." And my brother Matt got the first day he had his, he cut his finger, oh, and had to get stitches. And I remember oh. my mom like he was carrying it around, like trying to hide it. Oh no! <laughs> you know, I was like, "Cut yourself!" He was like, <laughs> "Like blood dripping out of his hand." My mom was like, "Cut yourself, didn't you?" Ouch! <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing how a knife can make a kid feel when you get it. Oh, it is. Um, it's like a totally different world. It really is, and I, I can tell you. So I'll I'll have to share my first knife story too, since since everybody's going to do that. The by and I think it was probably about the same time as you, Lucas. Probably nine or ten years old. I've got one of the old uh, Boker um, two blade folding knives, oh, yeah. and and I was so proud of that thing. And and I grew up on a uh, tobacco farm. I think I've mentioned that on here before, and. Uh, I got that knife and just carried it everywhere and, and uh, stuck it in my, you know, kept it in my front pocket. And within days after I, I got that knife, um, we were, we actually were what we called top, uh, top dressing tobacco plants, which was literally, you were, you were walking with a, a bucket of ammonium nitrate and you were just taking a handful and dropping a little, you know, drop of, of fertilizer right beside each plant. And you obviously get it in your pockets. It gets in your clothes and everywhere else as you're doing that. And uh, lesson to be learned, fertilizer will rust a knife faster than anything you could. And so basically my first knife was ended up getting ruined um, within the first couple of weeks that I had it. It locked up and you couldn't even oh, open no. it. But, uh, <laughs> but I I got another one. So yeah. it, it, it recovered. Oh, yeah. Just learned a lesson there. Valuable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, um, well, next question's mine, Lucas. And so my experience with knife making, uh, other than um, Mich- the Michigan Longbow Association has, you know, a few members that make knives and, you know, I've seen their work and it's beautiful. And um, But it's basically like forged in fire. Mm-hmm. I've never really known how people do it. And in that show, they make knives out of files and all kinds of different stuff. And I actually owned a Bowie that was made out of a, a file too. What what are Lucas Forge knives made from typically? What do you use? Like blanks, or do you use files, or a little of both? Or do you, I mean, what do you do? Okay, so the typical knife from Lucas Forge starts as bar stock that I buy. Uh, the grade of steel is mostly either O1, which is a high carbon tool steel, fifty two one hundred ball bearing steel. Um, use a little bit of ADCRV2. All of these are a high carbon steel and they will rust, but they will, uh, if heat treated properly, they'll hold an edge well and they'll sharpen relatively easily. Um, now the reason for using bar stock that I buy in instead of the files and, and other things for me is just availability, being able to get a consistent 
product, steel product, that I can take and make a more consistent product with it, the finished product. Um, all of the forged and fire knives made out of files and, and stuff, there's a lot of good steel in, in especially older files and springs and uh, different farming implements. Uh, and I have made knives out of many of those different kinds of steels, especially early on, and it's great. And it's a lot of fun to be able to take something old and and repurpose it like that and kind of give it a, a new, uh, I don't know, just a, a new life or, or make a new tool out of it. But that's the reason that you're going to see the Lucas Forge knives will be a specific steel types because I can get in my heat treating specific uh, results if I use a, a set method. So um, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'll just go ahead and, and explain the the different knives that I make. Uh, forged knives, some of them, some of them are stock removal. So that means you either have a knife that's ground out of the bar stock that I buy. It's, it's like, you know, 18, 48 inches long, different lengths. It'll be different thicknesses. Some of the blades are, are ground out of that to a, a pattern that I have. It's all hand, uh, freehand cut and ground, and then the bevels are ground, and then they're heat treated in the forge, and then the finishing work is done. Some of them are the, the shaping of the bevels and such are done by actually heating it up in the forge and hammering it and, and forming the metal that way and then grinding the bevels off smooth and, and, and finishing from there. Um, so that's, that's your two different, different ways that I make the knives. Uh, the, the name Lucas Forge could imply that they're all hammer forged and that's not how I meant it when I, I named it that. I, the idea of the forge for me is, a, is more of a philosophy. The old time blacksmith shop had a, a forge and it's what we would call a forge now, blacksmith forge. And, and it'd be a place where people would gather and, and exchange stories and, and they, the blacksmith would make a lot more than, than one thing. He'd do all different kinds of things. He'd do repairs and make all different kinds of tools. And that's kind of my idea with the forge. It's, it's a sort of a place and uh, a place for all different products could be made. So there's a little little explanation there of the process. Cool. And you do, um, so, uh, and I think all of the, the knives that I've, well, I know all the knives that I've purchased from, uh, from you have had the, um, the aged finish, the, the patina finish. And then you also do like a, I forget what it's called. Is it, is it a, a satin? Is that what you call it? I can't remember. Yes. Now yes, it is. it is. And then the hammer forge. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the satin and the aged are the same exact uh, steel type. Uh, it's it's just the satin is the polished, and it's not a full high gloss polish, which is why it's a, it's a satin a little bit below the full gloss, and then oh, so it's a little bit more of a working friendly kind of finish. And then the aged is actually, as you said, the forge and patina uh, finish. And it what that does is basically kind of give you a head start on the patina process because the satin blade will develop a patina as well with contact right. with meats and stuff so 
Well, and I can, uh, so I, I, a couple of things, you know, just to follow up on some of the things that I heard you say, you know, the, the sharpness and edge retention, I, I will, I will say that, uh, I have yet to, to, to see a knife that showed up, uh, at my door that had a better edge than the ones that I've gotten from you. Um, in fact, I, I, I would, use the same word that I use for broadhead sometimes it's they're just they're scary sharp um and they're you know uh, they're relatively easy to sharpen and I tell you the the practice that I've found that works best for me um is you know not to really let them get dull to begin with just to you know use it once and then touch it up on a uh usually just a leather strop just to get that that real fine edge back on it and and put it back in the sheath and keep going so um anyway i i i, I could just vouch for that they're they're very good at at staying sharp and and fairly easy to get sharp too well, thank you and yes you hit the nail on the head with the sharpening process best to Mostly hone, buff, use a, a steel or a strop. A leather strop is just great. And a combination of leather strop and a very fine ceramic or glass rod, which can also it's help you out there with your honing, is a, just sure. a great, is a winning way, you know, to keep, keep your knife sharp and good to go. And I've used I've used all three. So I've I've used crock sticks. I've used um, you know the ceramic sticks and and uh, steels as well. But I'll be honest, my my favorite's just to use leather. Mm-hmm. I, I I really and I don't even use polishing compound typically. I just I, I like leather. Oh yeah, that's great. So Lucas, I know um, because I know several. Uh, outdoorsmen that that do own your knives i'm sure you have you know some people that are that are also probably buying your knives that are just collectors but um like i said i know there's a lot of outdoorsmen that have purchased your knives now are i guess two questions are you an outdoorsman as well and if so you know what what outdoors activities do you enjoy when you're when you're not you know making knives for other people okay so uh i know there's a there's a whole lot of levels to outdoorsmen and compared like to my younger brother for example Ike I'm not as much of an outdoorsman as he is he is very accomplished more so than me in a lot of different skills outdoor skills but I do greatly enjoy the outdoors and I like to get out there as much as I can um, when I'm not working and I really like traditional archery um, it's been since I was very young, I, I have greatly enjoyed it, making bows early on, and then I, I discovered they actually made glass laminated bows at some point, which was a fantastic thing, and started buying them, and uh, actually got into sort of the whole bow trading scene, and, and really enjoying just trying all different kinds of custom and, and factory bows and, and shooting them. And that's, that's just a whole lot of fun. And just really getting out there with friends and uh, and enjoying the flight of the arrow is just great. Um, it's hard to beat it for an outdoor activity. Also really like canoeing um, and, of course, hunting. Uh, hunting and, and, to a lesser degree, fishing. I've, I've enjoyed fishing, especially when I was younger, and I haven't got... Uh, really had as much of a chance to fish seriously in the past few years but i still try to get out and hunt especially whitetail um 
every, every season it's I always get kind of excited you know the first first of the season it's it's a lot of fun to get out there and see how they're doing I, I just really enjoy seeing them out there too so and at this part of the area where I live is it's a great place to be outdoors and I know all over the country there's so many beautiful places you can get out and enjoy and I would definitely recommend it it's great so with all the activities you like to do um in all of your you know just being in the outdoors what is your favorite style of knife and why to carry or otherwise okay so i really all of the knives are uh, good for different purposes and i was going to say my my uh, catch-all answer to that question would be it depends how do you like that for catch-all question? Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but no, seriously. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna nail you down. Oh, okay, okay, later, yeah. So. I, I thought I'd try. I try. I'm doing my best, politician. Okay, okay. Um, so I I really like the Jack Pine Special. If I had to pick one model, um, and it's just strictly personal preference. I can't. The knife is um, roughly similar to a Canadian willow leaf blade pattern and it's got a palm swell handle and just the way I, I just like the way it, it feels in my hand and I like the way the blade is shaped and the size of it is very nice um, you can use it for woodcraft doing a little fire making and stuff and then take it and use it for deer and um, it's 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 not too big on your side, but it's plenty big enough for most things you'd have to do in this part of the country. So, Jack Pine Specials is the one that I like a lot. Um, but it's hard to pick one. It really is. That is a really cool looking knife. Well, thank you. Yeah, the Jack Pine. I I didn't. I, I have a um, a uh, a Packer. Yeah. And I love that. I always have like have that. Steve's got you got a Packer too, don't you, Steve? I do. That was that was the first. Uh, do it. Well, so I'm gonna answer that a little bit long way, Nick, and then I'll come right back to you. I promise. Um, but um, Lucas, you and I actually met at a. It was actually at a traditional archery event at uh, Alabama. I can't remember if it was the. Uh, it was one of the ones at um, Tannehill State yeah. Park. I don't remember if it was the summer or the spring. I think it was spring uh, swing. Like I don't know, three three or four years ago. I think yeah. Some, something like that. And I remember looking at, at all of your knives and um, at the time just didn't have the money, you know, in my pocket to buy one. And, and later, a um, um, mutual friend of Nick and I, Tom Jurgensen, had bought a Packer and he had bought a Packer for uh, another friend of ours, uh, uh, Andrew Harper. And when I saw that that packer and, and actually uh skinned an animal with it i was like yeah i'm i'm ordering one as soon as i get back home and i did mm -hmm. and it was the packer and and absolutely love it sorry nick oh, go funny. ahead no i love i've always liked steve's and um tom's and uh so when when steve got me one last year i was just thrilled um and i love it oh that's I mean, great i'm i'm babying it thus far i haven't had really had a chance to i mean it's been out in the woods with me but i kind of keep it like 
wrapped up in the cloth and it, like in the bottom of my hunting bin. Mm-hmm. Just because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I haven't get, I'm not to the point where I'm like carrying it around or anything like that. Maybe I will for shoots this year. Yeah. Um, but I really, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's awesome. I really, really like that. And the other one I really like that you make is the, uh, the kept, the kept fart. Mm-hmm. That one's, is that how you pronounce that? It is. Yeah. Kept fart. That one's really cool too. Oh, thanks. I like, uh, yeah, there's there's so many. I could see how a man could own or woman could own several. <laughs> it's kind of a wrap. And and Lucas, you haven't heard that whole story, so you actually helped me. Uh, you helped me pull something off with with Nick, and and because he's he's written about it, I, I uh, I've I've had a chance to to kind of see it from Nick's eyes, but. Uh, you know, I, I ordered that knife and had you ship it to Nick directly. And as soon as I knew it was on the way, uh, I sent him a message on Facebook and said, uh, happy birthday and Merry, uh, Merry, happy birthday and Merry Christmas or something like mm-hmm. that. And, and Nick was like, what, what the yeah, heck? I, I, Timing's wrong on all I, of that. I believe, I believe I said, what are you going away for a long time or <laughs> <laughs> Is this a cryptic way to tell me that you're leaving town? <laughs> but no, and then I opened up the mail. I, I got the message. Um, I just picked the kids up, and I and I got home, and um, I I got the, the message dinged, and I looked at it, and I was like, what the? You know, and I sent them a couple messages back and sent that, and then I opened up the mailbox, and there was a box from Lucas Forge on there, and I was like, oh, no. Are you serious? <laughs> you know, because I, I am not, and Steve will tell you, I am not comfortable with getting gifts like that and i I probably bugged the hell out of him because he's given me some great ones over the years and and like it that would just floored me so let me tell you what else he's not great at and that's keeping a secret nick nick cannot keep a secret (laughs) what are you you talking about (laughs) what are you talking about So, uh, uh, you, you're talking through a couple of these different models and, uh, you know, I don't even know off the top of my, what is it now? Uh, two, four, six, eight, looks like 10, 10 or so different models that you actually, uh, keep on the website. And then I think there's actually some other ones that you do as well, right? Lucas? There are. Yes. There's quite a few, all the ones on the, the past work pages and pretty much anything you see, I can, I can build a knife similar to it. So I, there's a lot of variety there, and and some people like to get on there and mix and match and do this handle and that blade and any any handle material you like to pick and and your blade finish and change the blade length and there's a lot of a lot of variety for you to check out on there. So we didn't um, uh, before we move on there. That's one thing we haven't we haven't really touched on is is the different um, handle materials that you have to choose from. And I know there's a lot, but uh, I guess you know go go into some of the different options that that customers uh, have to choose from, and maybe some special ones that you've you've done for customers. Um, yeah. Okay. So the uh, the domestic hardwoods are very popular and what I really enjoy working with um, it, all, there's all kinds of exotics I have quite a few different exotics listed that that are available and they are great and beautiful but it is true that the the domestic hardwoods have kind of become the, the thing that people seem to gravitate towards the walnut oak and ash and curly maple all especially if walnut and curly maple are very popular. Osage is, is right in there. It's very popular wood. It's very tough, very hard wood. 
Um, and then Desert Ironwood. Uh, Desert Ironwood is pretty well on the top of the scale for the density of the wood and the natural stability of it. It's known as basically a naturally stable wood. And uh, very often, or not very often, but in some cases you will ha have stabilized woods, especially like walnut and maple burls, that would not have structural stability on their own. Those woods can be impregnated with a resin, and then they're what's called stabilized. They're water repellent to a degree, and they're they're great for using for on a handle. I I use that material for knives too. It's beautiful stuff. But the desert ironwood is essentially naturally stable in the way that those resin impregnated woods are. So it is a fantastic natural material, and um, and then of course you can get into the the bones like smooth cow bone for a really sort of primitive period correct look and also elk antler um, I don't do a whole lot with whitetail antlers some but they don't tend to be big enough and the right shape to cut scales or slabs out of for a handle so for most of the full tang knives it's going to be elk antler but that's just a some of the options and then you that's not even taking in the exotics. I mean, you've got uh, the rosewoods and cocobolo. Uh, just all kinds of beautiful choices that you could could pick. But uh, and, and so, Lucas, not to not to interrupt you a bit, but when you're when you're talking about, you mentioned the um, whitetail antler being a, a bit small for scales. You know, I, I guess for people that haven't seen your knives, for the most part, I know there's at least one exception, but we're talking about some what 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 I would refer to as some manly knives. I mean these these knives are pretty beefy. I mean they're they're um, they're stout knives and and therefore the the scales are are I mean they're decent size, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, and of course they vary somewhat, but they they tend to be pretty somewhat on the thick side. I like to give you a good grip and. Uh, like to leave enough length in the handle. You know, the, they vary if you want an easier to carry, easier to handle, or, or easier on the belt knife. I do have some with slightly smaller handles. But, uh, yes, in, in general, the, the handles, I, I try to leave ample size for you to grip yeah and 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 nick's actually been oogling over over one of those uh one of those smaller knives haven't you haven't you nick yeah the uh i've wanted like a caping kind of knife for a while for you know skinning that pro skinner looks awesome yes yep pro skinner um i'm glad you like it um my actually ike my brother he helped me with designing that he really mostly designed the knife actually um and he was doing taxidermy and uh trapping in a lot at the time and so he he kind of put the idea to me and so we got it got it made and uh yep it's a it's a fine blade as you can see i mean e even in person it is just a really really fine nice tip nice point to it and uh Works great not only for small game and trapping and stuff and birds and as a, as a fish knife it'd be good too but also you know up to deer size if you're just skinning with it it's mm -hmm. good for that too. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just those, you know, hard to reach areas, you know, where you got to yes. get in there. I mean, that that just looks perfect. Yep, and like you, you're indicating like a caping knife. Yeah, good for that, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always kind of wanted one, but I, I mean, of course, I only have one really good knife, the one that Steve got me. So I wanted to start there because that's my favorite kind of knife is like the Packer style knife. Um, oh yeah. I've always been more attracted to those kinds of knives, but. That's one of the things I've always thought of was, man, I could really use a caping knife or something right now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, the Packer, it is true. The Packer has been a, a very popular knife, and it is just it's such a convenient size. And that, that drop point with that size blade and the ease of carry on your belt, you know, not, not quite as long. And it's it's every bit as much blade as you need for for deer and even hogs and stuff. Really, I mean, it's it is a good size for that. So that was a good choice. Well, it's like you were saying too that that handle is super comfortable. Um, the first thing I was really impressed with because, um, like I was saying, I've never really owned a, a quality knife before, um, like a you know really well built top of the line knife and and the first thing i noticed right away before i even took it out was the was the weight i mean it felt so good mm-hmm. in my hand i mean it just was like it felt substantial you know it wasn't like the other mm-hmm. ones i have that you just kind of whip around or whatever or drop in the woods or whatever it is you know um the cheaper stuff yeah. um and then the second thing was the sharpness obviously um that was pretty crazy um, <laughs> and Steve was that one of the first things Steve said was don't cut yourself <laughs> well that and I told him I, I told him the other thing is you know there used to be an old wives tale about you know giving a friend a knife it would it would cut your relationship you ever heard that Lucas you know I'm not sure if I have or not yeah. I don't think I have yeah it was an old I mean I heard it growing up so it you know it could be a, a localized thing or maybe it was just you know people didn't want to spend enough money to buy a knife for a friend i don't know <laughs> but uh, but i have heard that and and nick you're right you know i'll even add to what you said that you know it is a it, so it's a um it's not a small knife the packer it's a it's a Mm-mm. it's a decent sized knife but the balance on it is just phenomenal and that the um the 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 way that the handle fits in your hand for me at least and i've got fairly large hands and i know nick does as well but the 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 leverage that 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 handle gives you i mean it's i've said this to a a lot of people um over the years uh using that knife is it's one of the few knives that i don't hesitate one bit reaching you know up in into a whitetail and just you know cutting through the breastplate from one into the other i mean you're just twisting it and and breaking ribs i mean you just you just don't think about it it's just you know the knife's gonna gonna take it just keep asking for more I, i just love it that's great so Excellent. you you, uh, you I'm gonna shift gears here a, a little bit on you, Lucas, and I'm gonna try mm-hmm. not to start any kind of uh, brotherly rivalry here. But uh, you've you've mentioned Ike a few times, and and I know from you know monitoring your website over the years and and some things that you've done there. And I actually because of that, I actually got out and, and followed up on some of the things that that your brother Ike does as well. But now uh, he I know he used to do all the leather work. Uh, for you as far as your sheaths and so forth and and nick i can't remember which sheath you got but i have the uh one of the cross draws and then i have uh, a few of the other sheaths and it's cross draw they're just 
Yeah, they're just top notch as well. But does does he still does he still do the leather work? And I think he actually did some forge stuff too, like axes or something, didn't he? Yes, yes, he he does. He does leather work, and he's doing axes too. Um, he does a great job with the the sheaths, like you said. I, I'm with you there. He, he it really amazed me when he started doing that how fast he learned and he is he's very quick at it and he's he's very professional and um the the quality of the work I, i've i've really come to just to enjoy watching him him perform in that way you know it's it's just great but he's he's been doing it doing the sheaths for me for I think about three years. It may, be, it may even be four years. I meant to check with him on that. but uh, it's, uh, he's, he's doing the axes. He started forging axes uh, just uh, not too long ago. And it's the same with the axes. He's really come on and uh, really putting out excellent quality work. Uh, the axes, he's got like, I think, five different models and all different handle lengths and, and head weights and uh, several different finish options on hickory handles. And uh, so he's got a website for that. He's wolfvalleyforge.com, and uh, he's, he's up and going on that. So he's still doing the sheaths for me, but um, and, and, and he, he's going to continue that for, the, for now. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the future looks like there, but I, I really wish him well with axes a lot because he's he's doing a great job he's also got a video out and he's he's working on other projects as well as far as the dvds he's got a fire making dvd and uh, he shows how to make fire with lots of different um, methods other than matches i think he even talks about matches a little bit in there too but he's, he has history in there lots of how-to and uh, it's it's an, a very enjoyable DVD to watch. It was very well put together. So that's that's what he's up to, and uh, it's it's just great to be able to work with him on a day in and day out basis. You know, it's it's really a lot of fun. We we have a good time. So now, um, Lucas, does he do anything on YouTube too? Like any like you know, I think. I think he has like a YouTube trailer for his DVD on on there, but I I couldn't tell you really how to get to it other than you might could uh, type in Experience with Ike, and his website for the DVD is experiencewithike.com, but unfortunately I'm not 100% sure that that would bring that video up, but I think it might. I love that name, Experience, Experience yeah. with Ike. That's awesome. <laughs> And he does, I know he does have at least one video on YouTube because I've watched it and I think it's kind of a, uh, an intro to the uh, experience with Ike DVD that he's got. Um, yes. And I want to say it was on YouTube. I know I've, I know I've seen it because I, I really got, he, he, you can tell he's, he really enjoys it because he's kind of passionate about it and it, it really comes through in the video. Yes, he does. He really does. And then, and uh, yeah, I'm glad you saw that. I, I had seen it, but I, I couldn't remember if I'd seen it before they post. I think I saw it before they even uh, put it up on there. But so, but that's cool. And you said he had been making doing the leather work for you for for four years, and we, I guess we didn't I either didn't ask or maybe you just didn't get out, get that far into it. But so officially, how long have you been doing um, Lucas Forge? Uh, 
So officially that's going to be nine years this fall. Wow. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's pretty big. It's, it's always kind of a little bit sentimental when it comes around, you know, in the fall. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's amazing really to, because it's just gone by so fast. It's amazing to look back and realize it's been, been nine years already, but not quite, but this fall it will be. So, um, it's been quite a, quite a trip it's been neat it's been a lot of fun well any anytime you can you can do something where you're you know you're you have passion in it and, and make a living out of it it's 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 really great and i I, I i do want to say and I, I i meant to bring this up earlier but um for anyone that's listening to this that that wants to visit your your website um they can either go to uh, lucasforge.com or they can go to customhuntingknives.org um both go to the the same website and there's you know if they want to pick up the phone and call you i know there's information there as far as you know ways to get in touch with you um yes when it comes to ordering a knife and and i'm gonna help you out with this because i've probably ordered more knives from you than you have lucas (laughs) That's right. That's right. <laughs> but the so uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, but each each model on your website has a has a base price, mm-hmm. um, and then there are upgrade options for some of the um, uh, exotic woods. Maybe if you want to do, um, let me see. I'm trying to think. If you want to do exotic woods or or like antler or or um horn or something like that it's it, there's a little bit of a not not a lot but there's a little bit of an upcharge for that mm-hmm. um you have the option of doing uh file marks or or jimping on the on the blades right ahead of the the uh the handle yep and i'm trying to think what other is there oh the so you can do your standard is the the, the brass pins, but you also offer the mosaic pins at a, I think it's like a 20 or $25 upgrade for that. Am I missing anything mm-hmm. on the upgrades or is that pretty much? That's, that's pretty much, uh, let's see. Other than that, you can get on some of them, you got like a longer blade length available. Uh, the, the forged, uh, finish on the blades at that adds some, uh, to the that's price. Right. And then, you got uh, sheath options on on some of the knives. You can get the cross draw sheath and the trekker sheath uh, for for an additional cost. There's a, a snap style sheath for the just for the classic hunter model. That's also an additional charge. But yes, you pretty much got it. It's got the the jimping in the pins and blade finish, blade length, and handle material sheaths. And and to to actually place an order and get a get a knife in the in the order queue and the and to set up the build process is a whopping twenty five dollars, which has always just impressed me for the the quality of product that you produce um, to be able to you know place an order for a custom knife made to you know pretty much to your specs whatever you want twenty five bucks gets the process started and um, mm-hmm. that that's that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I like for to, to think that the knives are are priced for the, the quality that that a lot of people, if they'd like one, can can get one. And, and uh, you know, even if you look at a lot of production knives on the market today, uh, the the price of 
of custom knives really isn't that far off of of like a a higher end na name brand uh, knife cost you know so that's that's the thing there and and as far as the low deposit cost i I just really like working on kind of a small business sort of a a level of trust and and i've I've really found people to be nice and people to be 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 good. I have a lot of good customers and it's that that's very encouraging too. So so uh, I, I and that kind of leads me into one other question that I that I had in my my mind that I was going to ask if I got a chance is, you know, so you mentioned and I and I've got some knives that I would say are on par um that are, you know, mass produced as far as price of like, uh, you know, spider coes and some of that, that, uh, definitely not the same knife and that, you know, they're all the same, but they're, they're quality knives and they're probably mm -hmm. about the same price. But, you know, what do you say, what do you say to people that, uh, that have the opinion that custom knives are, are just too expensive when they can, when they can go out and buy, you know, a, a run of the mill Schrade or, or something like that from Walmart for, for twenty nine ninety five. Well, um, what I would say, and, and, and there's, there's several different approaches you can take to, to the question, but, um, there, there are, there are lots of different uh, reasons that you you might go for a, a custom knife, a, a handmade knife, but uh, here here would be a few things I might say to the person. It it would be um, the the feel of the knife for a custom knife, a handmade knife. The feel and the design are two important aspects to consider. Um, rounded edges, um, comfortable handle, uh, the balance. Uh, when when you pick it up, uh, if if it feels like you just want to use it, and then also the handle a handle is going to be smooth and is is going to actually while you're using it not fatigue your hand and and not uh, give you blisters and and etc. Another thing is uh, the performance of the blade, the performance of the knife in general, but the performance of the blade and with a, a handmade knife with uh, using high quality steel and using a good heat treat, um, you're going to get your edge holding and you're going to get uh, fairly e easily resharpening. And, and that's that's worth a lot because there are some, some of the... Uh, the cheaper knives out there, they're they're just not going to hold a real good edge typically, and they they can be rather hard to sharpen. And that's that could be an overgeneralization, but uh, the the quality of the steel and the handmade knives is another thing to consider. Also, the fact that having a good knife um, just can make tasks not only easier but more enjoyable too. Uh, just um, just having that knife that is a a a product that you can you can enjoy uh i i guess i guess pride of ownership would be the term to use I, I, not necessarily but but to some degree it's a the idea of having something that that's an individual made and so that would lead me into uh the whole idea of of choosing to vote with your money 
for small businesses and supporting craftsmen is is something that some people do. Um, it, it's kind of a lifestyle choice. Uh, in, in intentionally choosing to buy small, buy local in some cases. And, that, and that's anything from our hunting equipment uh, to our our food. Uh, the, the idea of, of buying from small businesses and craftsmen is you're taking money you make and, and you could spend it anywhere and you, you might give a little more to buy something from somebody that you can tell they're trying to do they're trying to do the right thing and they're trying to do good work so mm-hmm. oh I, anyway. I totally agree and I you know pride of ownership is exactly what I was thinking when you started talking about it um, you know, I was one of those guys that had, I mean, my very, my, my very first nice knife that I owned was my dad gave me one of his folding, um, old timers that he had for a while. And, you know, that's kind of a knife I've just held cause my dad gave it to me. You know, I haven't really mm-hmm. done much with it. I, I've mainly just had, I've carried whatever cheap knife I could buy at Meyer or Walmart or whatever, um, skinning knife, you know, the basic cheap skinning knife that you can buy that I don't care about. I mean, it's just something I just mm-hmm. use, you know, and, and if I lost it in the woods or I forgot it after I got the deer and then you left it out there, I think twice about even going back out to get it. You know, it's just one of those right. things. But when, you know, now that I've got this knife, it's, it's my knife. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it means something to me. Um, and not just because it was a gift, but it, it's my knife. It's, it's something that, and most of the time you hear from people that kind of the naysayers about this kind of thing is it's, oh, I, well, I can't afford that. Well, the thing is, is usually you can, you just bought something else. It wasn't a priority for you. You know, maybe you didn't need that second longbow or that, you know, third rifle or that, that new fishing rod or whatever. When a knife, and the funny thing about a knife is that a knife, you use a knife for everything. I mean, anything you do in the outdoors, you can use a knife. So it's some oh, sometimes sometimes right. we don't prioritize things the way we should. It's kind of like you know, it's kind of like you know. I always go back. I love you know just with traditional archery analogies. Somebody will buy a eight hundred dollar bow and then go as cheap as they can on the string, or as mm-hmm. cheap as they can on the tab. Or, or the arrows, or the arrows, or, and it's like, what are you? You're totally not understanding this. Like, if you're gonna go all out, then just do it right. Don't cheapen one part of it. And I just think that a knife is like Steve used to always tell me, and I put this in the article I wrote about it about the gift was, you know, every every man ought to have a good knife at some point in their life, one they can depend on. You know, they can own a lot, but there's one they carry, one they depend on. And I always kind of admired that, but I never really bought into it because I was one of those people that was like, well, I can, you know, I can get any, I can use any knife, you know, I'd, I'd rather have this other bow or whatnot. But what it boils down to is, is it's what, what are you prioritizing? I mean, yep. and once you have it, like I've got that knife now, I'm so happy I have it. I know every time I go out anywhere this year, I'm going to have that knife, no matter what I'm doing. And what other, what else can you say about that other than like your wallet or your boots or, <laughs> you know, that you carry in the woods constantly? Um, well, you see, right. and, and, and beyond pride of ownership, 
I think a, 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 a bigger part of it is pride of craftsmanship. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I, I can, I can tell uh, just by looking at the knives that you put out, Lucas. I mean, you you put your heart into every one of them. It's not like they're just being you know mass produced and parts being cut out of a, a, a CNC and and snapped together. I mean, there's a there's a little bit of Lucas in every one of them. Mm-hmm. And there literally is. Is is some on some of There's your slogan. There's a little bit of Lucas in every knife. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yes, and and I I appreciate y'all's views on that because that it is, and you know it's kind of like uh, to what you were saying, Nick. It's it's almost like uh, having that custom knife, that handmade knife, is almost like this similar experience to getting that first knife maybe not quite as much but it's it's a little bit of that that kind of a of a feeling i guess i don't know but because uh, and, and a i because I, I remember getting a uh a custom knife myself before i started making knives or actually i was just early into making knives i actually bought a few different ones and uh and it is. It's kind of a different. It's a different feeling. You're actually, you're supporting somebody, and it's and it's a, a different level of craftsmanship that you can kind of get into a little bit in a different way. So, anyway, uh, not a. I don't know if that would convince somebody, but well, but I think we're convinced, so that's okay. <laughs> there you go. And I mean, I'm convinced there, definitely. Well, there ain't really ain't, there ain't much of a story behind a thirty dollars charade at Walmart either. I mean, nobody's going to no, come up and say, man, that not. is a nice cheap knife you got there. I mean, <laughs> where'd you get that's, that? That's well, Walmart. Right. Thank you for asking. That's, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just not, that's right. it's just not really, a, <laughs> not that there's, you know, anything wrong with necessity and, and, you know, there's, no, but they're, but they're, you buy them, you don't care what happens, you, you toss them. Um, that's, that's yeah. pretty much what they are. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't, I don't know about now. I mean, uh, Trade has made some good knives in the past, and they probably still do. Yeah. But it's not the it's not the thirty dollar knives or the twenty dollar knives that you pick up at at your local uh, department store. Um, so you know, I'm not picking on on one different brand. It's just you oh. know, there's a there's a big difference between mass produced and custom. And that's yeah. one thing I recognize too. Um, what you're you're saying, Nick, about the the necessity. I mean, if I totally understand as well as a custom knife maker that when y'all buy knives from me you are making a conscious decision you're saying hey i'm gonna buy one of these because of all these reasons we're talking about and i i really appreciate that and i i i respect that that position a lot and so what i try to do i don't really as you can imagine, I don't really have to worry about shopping for knives because I have so many, I have different prototypes to test and stuff. But I try to take that same mindset with other equipment that I might need and, and uh, sort, of, sort of pay that forward into the whole idea of the small business uh, sector and the, the local markets uh, when, whenever possible. And uh, so... It, and it and if you do that then it all it all goes around i just recently discovered that steve is making strings i didn't even know that till the other night so i'm gonna have to see about getting some strings it's when mine 
when I need replacing. So, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's all, it's a community thing. So sure. I think that's really cool. Yeah, he was those cheap strings I was talking about. He was there. Oh, <laughs> wow! Just thank oh, no. I mean, no, Steve makes a Steve makes a fantastic string, but we joke about it because every time somebody starts something like a thread or something on Facebook that says, you know, oh, oh, hey, where should I get my strings? And they're like, oh, you can get this, this, and this for six dollars. You know, it's mm-hmm. and and anytime somebody says, oh, it's twenty dollars for a string, I ain't paying that. You know, it's a it's just a funny kind of thing that we've observed over the years with the frug- with the frugalness of of uh, the traditional community and God love them, but it's funny when you see it. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's kind of, it's kind of like putting the cheapest tires you can get on your late model truck or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, so, and then sort you, of funny. And it's and it's the same. And I you know I, I agree with you about supporting the 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 little guy. And you you know you hear all the buy american buy american and then as soon as they figure out that you know they're going to have to pay you know a a heftier price because they're getting better craftsmanship they a lot of people you know turn and 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 go buy the cheaper one that was made in china or wherever but uh then they turn around and say buy american so yeah i I agree with you i'm the same way i try to support um you know the 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 small business the local guy as much as i can whenever i can um Mm -hmm. just for those reasons so Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I think we uh, we probably ought to look at at wrapping this one up. Nick, have you got anything else you wanna you wanna toss Lucas's way? No, Lucas, you answered all of our questions. Um, and man, it was a great interview. Um, and I yeah, love the knife. I'm gonna enjoy it, and uh, it probably won't be the last one I buy from you. And I'll definitely. Uh, keep you updated and hopefully i'll get a picture with it on a deer this year so that would be great and yeah i was going to mention to y'all and everybody listening um got the the knife drawing this fall uh get on the website go to customer pictures and you'll see all different pictures that people have sent me and send your picture in with your either like still life like out in the woods or something or with your trophy animal whatever it may be fish and uh, send those pictures in and they get like entries and then we'll do a drawing for a knife uh, usually do it around the first part of december so you'll get it like for christmas so nice. um that's a yeah just send them in I, I love getting the pictures and posting them up there it's a lot of fun it really is Awesome, awesome, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start now that I know that Nick's got another model in mind. I'm gonna start putting pressure on him on a regular basis to you know have you ordered that Have you ordered that Skinner yet? So, <laughs> so then my wife will, then my uh, wife will say, Did "You shoot that deer yet?" <laughs> yes, she will. And, and Nick Nick's Nick's on a, a two 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 year two year a deer plan. So he Cre- although this is your year, Nick, it's my year creeping mm-hmm. on two and a half, maybe <laughs> this three. Is your year. <laughs> this, this is the year. Right. This is the year. This, this is, is the year. year of, this is, this is the year of Nick. And actually, you know what? I'm hoping that um, I've got a hunt plan with Steve in November, um, in Georgia, and I, I've yet to get a deer with Steve in Georgia. And I'm really hoping that that happens this year. That'd be that'd be very right. special. So. We're going to do everything so we can to make it happen. If it's if if you're here and it's daylight, we're going to be in the woods somewhere. So we're we're going we're going to do everything we can to make. I that mean, happen. I've already got a sapling under my belt. 
a Georgia sapling. Yes, it's genuine Georgia sapling, and and Steve made a trophy trophy of it in my in my workshop. Wow! <laughs> to to, That's yeah, that, special. to commemorate it. That is special. And spend an un I'll ha- an unbelievable. I'll have to send you uh, send you a picture or two of that. Spend an unbelievable <laughs> amount great. of time and thought on it. <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a genuine Georgia sapling with a with an arrow in it. And that is, but now ho- hopefully I can turn that into a uh, an actual deer this year. That'd be that'd yep. be fantastic. I, I hope so too. I'm looking forward to the picture. All right, that'd be great. Well, Lucas, we uh, we both do greatly appreciate it. Before we uh, before we let you go, just make sure I don't I don't mess this up. Uh, for anyone wanting to uh, contact Lucas, look at uh, look at his knives. Uh, order a knife. Um, again, the website is lucasforge.com, or you can go to customhuntingknives.org. Uh, and I'm also going to throw Ike a, a plug here as well, and and uh, I'm just going to ask you to 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 speak to Ike and see if maybe we could get him on here as well, because it sounds like uh, sounds like he'd be a, a a real good gentleman to talk to, and I've never I've never spoken to him, but um, Ike's website is wolfvalleyforge.com. Uh, you, if you're looking for a uh, a camp axe, that'd be a a great place to start, and then his. Um, his primitive skills, uh, and I think it's mostly primitive skills DVD, but mm-hmm. um, fire starting uh, experience yeah. with experiences with Ike. That's uh, I looked that up. It's www.experiencewithike.com. So uh, check both of those out. And uh, Lucas, again, been great. Uh, maybe we'll get uh, get together and get you on here again in the future. We'll we'll figure out some kind of uh, uh, a special special occurrence or. Um, a special reason to to get you back on we've we've really had a blast talking to you and uh look forward to having you again in the future that's been great guys thanks a lot for having me i enjoyed it as well and uh steve nick y'all take care and god bless thank you lucas you too take care my friend i'll tell you all what that lucas is just a great guy all around you just won't find many people more down to earth or easier to do business with than lucas And honestly, it's his old-school attitude and traditional values that keep me coming back time and again, just as much as it is the beauty of his knives. In fact, I just recently ordered my fifth knife from Lucas, and I already know it'll turn out to be an absolute beauty. In case you're curious, um, I ordered an Elk River Hunter. I chose a 5-16-inch thick blade as an upgrade. I added desert ironwork scales and mosaic pins and some thumb jimping above the uh, top of the blade. And I honestly can't, I can't wait to get it. Throughout this, this chat with Lucas, two things during the discussion um, really stood out for me. And first it was Lucas' comments and thoughts about kids and owning their first knife, how that used to be a good life lesson for a young man owning his first knife. And understanding the responsibility that went along with the ownership of that tool. In my how times have changed, and I'm a firm believer that it's not the kids that have changed, but it is we, the adults, who have done so. Take some time to think about that. The second law thought Lucas shared was his desire to purchase from small businesses and entrepreneurs whenever he could. So many times we all find ourselves shopping for that bargain and at the same time complaining about the large box stores or massive online vendors. 
sometimes it can be most rewarding to seek out someone that has a passion for crafting or making the item by hand that you're looking for, rather than simply trying to save a dollar or two. Not only will you typically end up with a, a higher quality item, but each time you use it, you can be reminded that you help someone follow their passion. It just doesn't get much more traditional than that to me. Well, folks, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and if you did, please take time to leave us a rating or a review. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, and pretty much any other platform. And that way you'll be sure you're notified when new episodes are released. Until the next time, be sure to get out there and enjoy our great outdoors. And if you can, take a kit along. Be safe, be responsible, and be sure to set a good example for your fellow outdoors, men and women. So long, everyone.